This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. What is up, everybody? My name is Jeff Gibbard, and I am the host today of the Heroic Council, and I'm joined by council members Tim Yuli, Parshal Tashi, Sarah O'Hanison, and today, a very, 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 very special guest, my good friend, Dr. George James, who is the Chief Innovation Officer at Council for Relationships. He's a therapist, a media personality. You've probably seen him on the TV, heard him on the radio. You're going to love his voice, and he's got a podcast coming out soon. He's a really amazing guy. I'm going to put him in the hot seat right now, and we're going to talk today about burnout. But before we do that, I want to remind you that if you love the Heroic Council, which let's be honest, of course you do, you should go over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating if you haven't already. And you can always catch us every Monday right here live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Sarah's LinkedIn, on Periscope, uh, right here at 2 o'clock on Mondays. Uh, and you should tune in for that. If you want to find all the links to everything, including connecting with all the council members, go to superheroinstitute.org slash heroic. And now, without further ado, I'm going to move George into the hot seat. George! Welcome to the Heroic Council with all of us, the council. Oh, thank you. I feel like already I've joined like an allegiance of like amazing people. I feel like I'm better already. So like I'm in a good place. So thank mm. you for Absolutely. having me here. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an exclusive crew. We are all superheroes, as are you, my good friend. Um, it's great to have you on the show. I think this is a very appropriate uh, topic for us to be talking about. We've all been in some form of lockdown now for more than a year, some places more than others, wherever our viewers or listeners are tuning in from. Um, and that undoubtedly, as you know, as a therapist, takes a toll on people's mental health. I know you've talked a lot about this. Um, what's your read on where things are right now out there? What are some of the things that you're hearing about people are struggling with? Um, and And what are some of the things that you're recommending people think about to, to kind of get themselves out of that potentially negative headspace. Yeah, you know, um, it is the topic of the day, the topic of the week, month, year. Uh, it is just, it is something that people are experiencing. I just had a client, uh, a young adult who's going off to college. He's feeling it. Before him was a college student. They're feeling it. For them was a company. I mean, just everywhere I go, people are talking about burnout, anxiety, being overwhelmed. And it's real. I mean, like the one of the things that I've really been saying, not only me, but a lot of other people is that we're not just in one pandemic. <laughs> it's like multiple pandemics that are layered off on top of each other. It's just like pandemic cubed. We got COVID-19. We got increased awareness and understanding about racial injustice and things that keep happening. There was a political season and all that that people are still feeling now. And some folks just struggling with like financial and economic stuff. So there's just a lot there. And when you add on the, the virtual world and what people are doing and how people feel, it is tough. Anxiety has been on the rise, depression, burnout, the whole everything around mental health uh, has been increasing, at least in the negative. But the good part that I see is that people have also been saying, I need help. I need support. I need a therapist. I need a book. I need self-care, whatever it is, because I need to survive. And I've seen that happen in a much larger way. And people are doing what they need to do to take care of themselves. So Sarah talks a lot about burnout. It's actually one of her favorite topics. And so much of what I've heard Sarah talk about in burnout is the burnout that so many people are familiar with. This like overextending ourselves, burning the midnight oil, like really just 
um, you know, burning the candle at both ends sort of burnout where you're just pushing and pushing and pushing. But I get the sense, especially from, you know, because of the lifestyle changes that this current pandemic has brought on, a lot of working from home, more flexible hours, there's the kids at home. I feel like this burnout is a slightly different version of that. You mentioned anxiety, depression, overwhelm. Can you talk a little bit about what what this set of situations is doing to people that's unique from the kind of burnout that maybe we're already thinking? Because I, I don't think people necessarily give themselves the space to really say that they're burned out because they're like, oh, I, I haven't been doing, maybe I haven't been staying at the offices late because I'm working from home or this or that. So can you talk a little bit about what this burnout looks like? Yeah, I mean, Sarah, I think what you do makes a, a lot of sense, right? That uh, so many people do overextend themselves and probably feel that. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, somewhere last year, I, I did a, a workshop for a group of just high level exec, uh, women, women execs. And this one woman on, on the call in the seminar was just talking about how through the pandemic, she found herself actually working more. Uh, she was getting up earlier uh, on Zoom or meetings or whatever virtual platform all day. And she wasn't taking any breaks. She was barely getting anything to eat. And she, she would only get up just to go to the bathroom and back. And so more hours, more work, just more of everything. And she got to the place where she had to kind of make some boundaries. So what I've seen is that people have lost their boundaries. They've been given more to whatever, whatever they're doing, even if they say like, oh, I work for myself, they're doing it more. And it's just, it, it's, and the normal escapes that people would say they would do maybe after like whatever point they can't do or haven't been able to do. Oh, I'm going to go out to a restaurant. I'm going to go out on a date. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on a vacation. Those are the things that people probably normally would do that they couldn't do. And so what they, what I saw is that people just pushed even more into work or into these other things. So this one lady shared how she started to take walks at least four times a day. And every time she'd go on a walk, it'd be for a mile. So she said, I'm going to have boundaries. I'm not going to give my whole life away to this company. I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of myself. And I think that's what we all need to do is to figure out whatever boundaries and take back whatever we've been given to the work, to the company, even to your own business, because you have to be strong and, and there and last, even if these things, even with all the demands that might be out there. I love that. One of the things that I always say to people, you know, you, we always were used to saying like, put your mask on first before you help others. And that referred to, of course, being on an airplane. Well, now that's taken on a new meaning, of course. Yeah. Um, but how do you guide people through, like, I hear what you're saying and taking a walk sounds great, but I just can't seem to get myself there. You know, I, I have a lot of clients who ask that same question. You know, what do you say to people for, that importance of taking that time for putting yourself first because your health and, and your well-being is is really important right now always but especially now of course yeah and what you said sarah like part of what we recognize is that like the thing about our bodies and our mental health our physical health and our mental health is that if we don't do something about it it will shut us down <laughs> like it will just creep up on you and just shut you down hmm. it's usually not comfortable it's not at the right time and it's not and it's not cheap either and so like so it's important that you do what you need to do now and so 
how even personally i saw myself like just working seeing lots of clients i'm busy just like you all and what i recognize is that i was home and still not having dinner with my family i mean come on that's absurd right so like i had to figure out what how to make that happen so i blocked off my dinner time i mean it seems so simple but yet i wasn't doing it i was i made that time flexible i had to make that a time that was not going to be flexible anymore and so now at least i know i'm going to have dinner every night with my family I, even if that means i'm going to stop my call i'm going to go upstairs i'm going to eat and then i'm going to come back down and see somebody else but i know i'm going to i'm going to have that time and that's just a simple fix of being able to say you have to make the time for yourself like so uh uh so important so so sacred almost that you don't give it away for another call another business another opportunity that it is your time and hopefully that might mean anyone that you're connected to as well yeah i always say what are those non-negotiables for you now like it's as... be so hard to to manage though i was just about to say like for someone who would start to put in the 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 thing of i'm going to take a break during the day they start to battle the feelings of like well i'm not good enough or that's why i'm not enough and head you know ahead in my career um i'm lazy like all those things sort of come up um that i think makes it hard to battle those times and i'm kind of thinking for myself too it's like when i would say you know what i should take a break and chill and then to go to do it and like halfway can't enjoy it because i'm thinking that i should be working like it's crazy but what what are i'm curious what are some of the signs or what are some things because like when you're in the heat of it it's hard to see that that is could possibly be happening right to where you're not getting um the right time for yourself but what are some signs or signals that would help somebody to i don't know see that that's something to be addressed or uh yeah you know, you know, that should be looked into i think like you know what i love about you all and and those who are a part and pay attention to the work that you all do is that like you're hardworking, creative dedicated amazing superheroes right like you go at it you go at it hard right you don't just you don't just tackle like simple things like you go after like those big things and in order to do that you have to have something about you that pushes you have to have something about you that overcomes obstacles and it's that same thing that can get in our way it's that same drive and ambition and desire to to accomplish things to to be the hero that sometimes be our own kryptonite right can be that same thing that uh takes us out and so what i what i've seen is even in myself uh that as more work and opportunities come we get used to it we get in a habit we get in the flow of even how we think though that flow can be good when we're being productive but when we're when it's time for a break or when it's time for self-care we have to find a way to say it's okay to do that it's okay not to make money right now it's okay not to go after that particular business right now and if you can do that i think that allows you to be in the moment and what we've noticed is that a lot of people usually need time where they can get to that it's not the first day it's usually maybe day three where they're able to get to that space of saying you know what i've worked hard enough and i need this even what i've recognized like you know i like sharing personal stuff because i want you all to know that i'm a work in progress uh, my wife and i we started like doing these morning walks and it would be like maybe sporadic throughout the week now we're at the place where we can do it like every day and we're fortunate enough that we can block off the morning part of our schedule that we can do that. And I know everybody can't, but now it's to the point, if we don't do that, it feels weird. And so that's what I mean about how habits and going after it can shift. 
when you get into the place where you're taking self-care important and as as was said it's non-negotiable putting your mask on first it starts to feel weird when you don't do it that's the shift that i would want people to do so earlier in the pandemic i know jeff and i used to comment on how it was kind of like hard to focus on and this was something that came up over and over again it was hard to focus on like just life stuff because there was so much chaos and it felt like it was borderline apocalyptic you know what i mean outside of like everything political and a pandemic's happening and you know we have like the reckoning from like like what's going on with social justice issues um like would you recommend anything specifically if you're living in what at least feels like a very chaotic time and being able to like I have to take care of myself and I have to actually like get stuff done that's going to impact my life on a day-to-day -day basis. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. And I think that on a deeper kind of therapy aspect of all of this is that some of the challenges that we've been facing means that we need to face ourselves, right? We need to dig deep, right? We need to do some work. Why is this happening? Or why do I feel this way? Or why have the people that I'm connected to make the decisions that they make? Why am I making the decisions that I made. Like, so like, there's a way that we, if we do that work, that self-reflection, that even like deeper part of looking at the pain points that we might have, sometimes that can actually free us up to recognize, okay, this is why this chaos is like, not only is it overwhelming, but it's doing something else to me, right? So I've, I've worked with folks of, of color, folks uh, of different backgrounds, they've had to deal with the racial trauma. And not only are, is it so much, but but it's also causing some specific pain for them. Or others are like, I don't know what to do. Okay, it's also causing some pain because maybe they felt like they've been complicit all this time. So what I'm saying is that sometimes we gotta do the deep dive. And then once you do that, then recognize, yeah, it's a lot. And I need to figure out what can I do today? What can I control? What can I influence today? And then do that the next day. And then if you do that enough, hopefully you get to the place of saying, there's a lot out there that I can't change, but there's a lot I know I can change. So, um, sorry, I was trying to hit my mute button. I was on mute. Um, George, I know you do a lot of work with high performers. So athletes, um, you know, celebrities, people that are in the spotlight for, for kind of like lack of a, a better catch-all. So you're dealing with people who are very ambitious. You're dealing with people who um, may have to be on a lot of the time and they're doing it in the same environments that everybody else is they're in the sense that like, they're all dealing with the same externalities, all of the same things that are stressing all of us out, probably stressing all of them. out. Um, and I know that in my own experience in with my therapist, I know that self-talk is like a really big piece of all of this. I was wondering if you could comment on some of the things you've learned in interacting and interfacing with uh, high performance people and the sort of self-talk that you're maybe coaching them through so that they're able to maintain their performance in these turbulent, chaotic times. Yeah. You know, some of the most brilliant, creative, uh, ambitious, athletic people that we know are, are really bad at what they say to themselves, right? Meaning like they, they can be super critical and on some level, that's also what got them to wherever they are. It is the it is the ability to know what is the difference between me and someone else. What is the thing that I need to do to push myself? And even as was shared earlier, like knowing that like I, I gotta keep going or I can make it to that next level. But 
in order to do that, you've recognized all the flaws in everything and everybody, including yourself. And so a lot of times I'm, I'm really helping people to think about what is the story that they're creating? What is the narrative that they've created about themselves? Am I only successful as long as I'm playing? Am I only successful as long as I'm making money? As I'm only successful as, as long as I'm doing the thing? Hmm. And if that's the case, then you are only connected to that thing. And now your story is so linked to that that you can't be anything or anybody else. And there has to be some separation. As much as I identify as a therapist, as much as that's been a part of my career and a lot of my work, I'm I'm that's not all I am. And so the self-talk. Uh, is a lot about connecting people to what they think they should be. And with the pandemic, a lot of things got shut down. I mean, like, just thinking about like Broadway. Broadway hasn't been this shut down in so long, right? It, like people who perform, people who entertain for mm -hmm. a living haven't been able to do that. And for some of those individuals, the way that they feel good about themselves is by being able to make somebody laugh or cry or cheer, but they haven't been able to do that. There has to be a way that you tell yourself a story that says, I'm still a good person. I'm still capable, talented, creative, even if I don't have the audience. Hmm. So as the brand guy on the panel for, I, 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 I'm just going to assign that moniker to myself. I think about brand a lot, as you know. Um, I'm, what you said there just made me think think about how applicable these same ideas actually are in business specifically to, so we, we have ourselves as individuals and all of the problems and things that we go through as high performers or not high performers and everything in between. But the same things you were saying about, um, about the way that we think about ourselves and whether we're good enough and why we do what we do seems like it would be applicable to brands in this day and age. Like, why do you do the things you do? Why do you say the things you do? Why do you take the stands that you do? Why do you not take the stands that you do? Um, do you feel that there's potentially a, a, a space for taking a, a, a therapist mindset towards how brands conduct themselves uh, out in the space? I know this is like completely off topic, probably from burnout, but I'm super curious just from what you said, made me think of it. I hope so. I mean, that's the lane that I want to be able to continue to provide. I've been fortunate uh, to do, you know, media and uh, TV stuff and radio stuff, and I, I love it. Uh, and and over the past year plus, my opportunities to consult to media and to projects has been increasing. And because I think it's for that very uh, same point, the thought of let's get somebody who maybe deals with this stuff. If we're going to talk about mental health, Maybe we should get somebody who's in the mental health field. Or if we're going to talk about why people make choices or decisions or what is the narrative or story, maybe it might be helpful. So I think that is it's very applicable. And I think that it, there is a connection there. And I think it's more so of those brands or those companies being willing to say, hey, let's take a step back. We are our experts and we know it, but maybe we should get somebody else, uh, somebody else's perspective. Because what I've seen is that what I, uh, when, when people put things out there, we start to say like, well, didn't this some, didn't somebody check that? Like, how did that get out there? Why did they make that statement? And I, I was fortunate last year to work with a company that was trying to make uh, a shift during everything that was going on. They wanted to show their solidarity to, uh, to racial justice uh, and, and to Black Lives Matter and so forth. But they didn't know, should they use this word or should they use that image? And they consulted and we worked together and they decided to use a certain image that worked well for them. 
because in my opinion, if they had used the other image, it would not have gone over well. And so I think that there's more room for brands to get that perspective from somebody like myself or others who are willing to able to say like, hey, maybe you should think differently about that. I love that's That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, thinking about some of this stuff, one of the things that comes up for me often is permission. And I think that goes for brands and individuals alike. Like sometimes it's as if we need permission from someone or an outside force to do the things that we really feel like we're supposed to do. I'm sure you've had clients, uh, patients in that space before. So can you speak a little bit about like when we're feeling like we just can't, you know, how do we, how do we get that permission and, and how can we find that within ourselves? You know, I, I think that is just such a great, like, question and concept and I, I wouldn't have given it its merit uh, without experiencing it myself I I, first, I completely believe that there are people who can unlock things in us that we don't even know right and we don't know that that part of us has been locked up has been uh, restricted for whatever reason and then somebody just walks along comes in your life says a few words and all of a sudden click 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 you're unlocked and I think like that's what's happened to me. Like I've had mentors in my life, and in particular, there's Dr. Steve Tree, who, uh, who I've known for a number of years. Uh, there's another uh, uh, mentor of mine, Dr. Phyllis Swint, that I just just would say things, and it's like they see into me, like they see my soul, and they say something, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like I'm like it just opened, and they just gave me permission, permission to be me, permission to shine, permission to remember X, Y, or Z. And it's been a privilege to be able to do that. Just last week, I was working, just having a conversation with a student who's getting ready to graduate. And like, in my opinion, he's amazing. He's great. He has lots to offer, but he doesn't see it in himself. And for that moment, I took the opportunity to just try to lend some of what I was given to me and to say and to give him that permission. And it wasn't like I'm saying, hey, I'm George. I'm going to give you this permission to be whatever. But it was something about saying, I see you, I see you greatness in you. I see you bigger than even how you see yourself. I see you better than what you're telling yourself. And I think that did something that maybe unlocked one of the locks. So I think giving permission, receiving permission is huge, but you gotta link up to the right person. You, it's like it's like dating. <laughs> like if you if you date the wrong person, some bad things can come out of you. But if you get that permission from the right person, I think it, it can open up so many other parts of you. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm grateful that the, the other people on the panel here have given me permission to do so many things. And it's, it is amazing how you're, you're capable, but you just don't know it. Um, I also try to give people permission. You know, I think we always think, oh, like, Harshell's great. She's amazing. She doesn't need to know from me that I think she's amazing too. But it is, I really try to reach out to people and con like if she posts on LinkedIn and say, oh my gosh, Parshell, this is amazing. Like try to, again, build other people up and help them because you don't really know what the permission you're giving to other people and the impact that that can have. Like we all need that. I totally agree. It's important. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And I think people are, I feel like there's, like you mentioned with everything going on, like the shift that's happening and it makes me, uh, I'm becoming more aware of like people around me and, and just decisions that we're making. It's kind of like, I don't want to say there's a fork in the road that's coming, but I feel like as things get harder or get worse, there's going to be a clear distinction, I think, between the people who are 
doing this, what I call work versus those who are not. And I'm curious from your perspective, what do you see that we're evolving like as, as, as people, as humans on both spectrums, like for the ones that are doing the work, like what's happening there for the ones that are not, like what's happening there, what you see uh, is in the future of both of those paths. Yeah, you know, as you were saying that and laying out the question, I was just thinking about it last night. My wife and I were like, "All right, you know, we've been a long week. Let's watch a movie." So we took we put on uh, the movie uh, Thunder Force, and we're we're like halfway through it, getting through it, and it just reminds me, especially with what you all represent, like the start of like being heroes and 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 the heroic things that you do in your life for yourself, for those you love, and those around you in your businesses. And I think that for every hero that's developed, there's a villain, right? And we see that. And as the hero gets stronger, it seems like the villain gets stronger. And I think that's kind of where we are. I think like I've seen people do more heroic things around standing up and re representing and thinking about other people, being allies, uh, talking about things, people being able to advocate and talk about the isms and all the isms that's there and being able to talk about justice. And at the same time, I think there's been more villains. I think there's been more divisiveness. There have been more people who are doing, I think, just horrible, horrendous things to people, not treating people as humans, regardless, because of those same isms, right? And so I think that, I think there is some evolution. And I think there's also some things that have just been going on for a long time that now because of technology, because of our awareness, we're able to say like, oh, that does happen. And that does happen a lot. We just haven't been talking about all the people that are hurt or all the people that have been murdered, all the people that are dealing with some form of ism based on somebody else who I believe is in the case, in this case, being the villain. But what I'm happy about is that we got a lot more heroes. There's a lot more people who have been converted from just innocent bystanders to pulling and putting on the cape to say like, I'm going to stand up for this cause. Um, you mentioned, uh, you talked a little bit about permission and I think it's obvious from anyone listening and anyone who's heard you on my podcast before that you have a way about you that I think is very approachable. I think you, um, empathy comes through in how you talk about all these different things. And a lot of the things that I think you do naturally as, uh, as a person, obviously your background in therapy are a lot of the things that I think a lot of leaders can learn a lot from. So I was wondering if you could take a moment to just talk a little bit about some of the things that you've learned as a therapist and as a media personality and all those sorts of things and how, people who are moving into leadership roles that want to be able to form better connections with their teams, um, you know, lead to bigger and better destinations, how they can create an environment that maybe helps people to avoid burnout and at the same time uh, validates them and creates the sort of experience where people have the permission to, to step up and be their best. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, thank you, first of all, for your, your kind words and uh, I really appreciate it. It's something that, uh, means a lot in terms of like how I show up because I want to be authentic. I want to be me, and I want and I want that authentic me to 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 create impact and be a value. And I'm grateful that I've been able to do that, and I'm continuing to grow in that. And when I think about you know just leaders and people who are pursuing and going to to places or trying to get to places, I think about for me what's been really important is is being congruent to your values. Like, what is the thing that shapes you? What is the thing that defines you? What are the things that, like you say, like, this is really important to me? And do you follow through with that? 
you know, as a therapist, <laughs> I've seen and worked with lots of other therapists. And yeah, some of the things that they say and do don't line up. And like, you see that, I mean, like you see that in every profession, right? I had a, a conversation with a client of mine who's a doc, uh, medical doctor. And like, yeah, you'll see like so many uh, doctors, medical doctors who will say one thing, but will live a different thing. I'm not saying that people have to be perfect, but there still has to be something that guides you and grounds you. What is it that that is for you? And I think if you can do that, then some of that might help you to make certain decisions. And so for me, I don't care how many people I work with. I don't care how far I go in my career. My family is important. That is a crucial and important pillar in my life. And so if I make all the money, but don't spend any time with my children, I've lost something. If I make all the money and I don't spend time with my wife and we don't have date nights, I've messed up somewhere. And so I have to find that balance, but that is based off of my values and what is core to who I am. And that I think helps me to then, I'm, I'm gonna be ambitious. I'm gonna have that drive, but I also need to be ambitious about my family. I need to be ambitious about staying connected. So that would be my thing for leaders is that sometimes in trying to get to whatever goal, whatever promised land that you're trying to get to, that sometimes fall, some things fall off and it's the things that are important to you, your health, your family, your relationship, your your self-care, even your financial well-being. And that might not be congruent. So that's what I would say is pay attention to those things and, and invest in those things as much as you're investing in your career or whatever vision you might have. Um, so I have a question. Uh, let's say you're earlier in your career or just in a financially disadvantageous, uh, disadvantageous like uh, position in your life. Like, what are some good things that um, people should keep in mind when 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 they know they need to work on mental health issues and they don't necessarily have the resources to to really jump into it? Yeah, you know, it's it's been one of those real things that I've had to deal with. Like being to you know to to be fully honest, being a black therapist, black male therapist, it has been one of those things where there's not many of us. Uh, over the years, in my 19 years of doing this work, I've seen more. Uh, therapists of color, more black male therapists. And I'm happy about that. I say that because part of my heart has been wanting to work and support people of marginalized communities of different backgrounds, especially including people of color. And But I, at the same time, as I grow, there are ways that some folks might not be able to afford me. And so there has to be real solutions to that, which is one of the reasons why I, I really enjoy and love working for Council for Relationships because there are opportunities for people to get therapy as low as $5, right? Even some people, if they don't have the $5, they might say like, okay, we'll figure something out. And so I'm not saying that there are some people who are in situations where they can't even think of $5 or they that $5 needs to go to a meal for them and their children. And that is very real. At the same time, I think there are resources, right? And some of it comes from being able to ask. Some of it comes from being able to look uh, for these things. Some of it, it comes from just being able to say, I need help because if I don't take care of my mental health, if I don't take care of myself, I can't do that next thing. I can't go to work. I can't find a job. I can't go mm -hmm. to school. And I think people are overwhelmed and need that support. So there are resources. And I think there are more people like myself who are also trying to find ways. That's one of the reasons why I do the media stuff, the outreach stuff, that people can get a piece of what might happen in therapy. And then hopefully then that influences them to go get the resources for themselves. Mm -hmm.
Tim, that was a really good point. And one follow-up that I would add to it, um, or, or follow-up question, I guess, is for those who are right now maybe in a position where they don't know what the starting point is, what would you recommend as maybe their first step? You, you listed a couple of different things, but let's say somebody right now is like a, a, somebody on that listens to this show is probably like self-employed, might be an entrepreneur, might be just starting out, might be further along, and maybe they're dealing with family issues. Maybe they're dealing with overwhelm because of work, this and that. So they're feeling like, man, I need to do something to deal with this. What might be your suggestion as a first step, maybe outside of something that's more like off the shelf, like maybe mindfulness meditation or things like that? What would maybe be your first step? Yeah, I think the first step is recognizing that you need it, right? Recognizing my thoughts are are all over the place or I feel foggy. I feel cloudy. I feel burnt out. I feel like I don't have any go left. I feel like I just want to go back to sleep. Like seeing that your patterns have changed, your mindset have changed. That's the first step is recognizing it. And that from from there, there are some options. You know, I, I love uh, encouraging people to go to psychologytoday.com, right? And when you do that, you can just put in your zip code. And by doing that, that allows you to find a therapist someplace. I mentioned the place that I work for, Council for Relationships. That's, that's another place that people can go to. Sometimes it could be easy as like Googling low cost therapy. There are more options than you think. Uh, there, there are ways during the pandemic, I've seen more organizations decided to say, not only do we need to think about frontline workers, not only do we need to think about those people who are at risk, but we also need to invest into mental health. I've seen more people talk about mental health in this year plus than ever before. I think I saw a commercial from an insurance company where the CEO was talking about mental health. They never do that. And so like, I think like there are options and opportunities. And so I would say psychologytoday.com, I would say counselforrelationships.org. I would say low cost therapy, Google, Googling that and being able to just ask around more than ever. Probably if you ask any three of your friends, three to five, somebody is going to therapy or has been to therapy. I couldn't say that when I first started, but now I think I totally say that within your circle, somebody is going to, or, or recently just stopped going to therapy. Hmm. What are some of your thoughts about, um, you, you mentioned the, that more and more people probably in their circles have people that are, they're seeing a therapist, but there's still a little bit of a lingering um, stigma around mental health. What are some of the things that you think could be done either in our companies? Because uh, another question I was going to ask you about is how do you have these conversations within your company about mental health? Because we're, we're all self-employed, right? So for us, like if we need a mental health day, then we can kind of take a mental health day, but there may be some people that are trapped in, in a company where maybe they feel uncertain about being able to have that conversation with their boss about a mental health day or with their colleagues or even bring it up with their friends. How do we deal with this stigma in our, in our lives outside of work and at work? It is almost cool to talk about mental health. It's not there yet. We're not there yet, but I'm, it's almost, it's close. I think we're getting there. Right. And, and so I think that I, in companies in, in, in businesses and in circle of friends, people know that mental health is important. Like people know about mindfulness. People know about self-care, taking a breath, right? Being able to do these things. And I've seen, because they've asked me to come in and, and speak and work with these companies where companies are taking that seriously. They, they have created seminars, workshops, uh, uh, processing uh, opportunities. I'm gonna be doing, uh, speaking to an Ivy League university later today 
to, to help them process some things because they've recognized we need to do this. We need, and, and that they've also recognized even selfishly, if we take care of our employees, if we care, take care of our staff, if we take care of our students, they'll, that will increase the loyalty, that will increase their productivity, that will increase just their overall well-being. And so when these companies, universities, organizations are doing that, uh, it, they, they recognize the benefit. And so if you work at a place or part-time, or if you contract or consult, suggest it. You might actually be somebody who they look to as like, that's a great idea because it is becoming more and more the thing to do. And they, they can see the multiple benefits. Now they might not do a full program, like a whole series throughout the year, but they might do four or five or something that gives people the resources that they need. So I think that it's important that companies and leaders pay attention, not only to the bottom dollar, not only to your profits, not only to what you're producing, but how are you taking care of those who are, who are working with you or for you? Now, uh, there's, um, uh, you, you mentioned taking a breath before, like, you know, like let's say hypothetically we're getting close to burnout and then we recognize we need some space. I, I can't remember where I heard this, but the other day I somebody made the comment that, like, you know, when you take a break, it's important that you have to work on stuff during that break and you can't just like, like just, you know what I mean? Like just do nothing because you'll go back to work and then the whole thing will like, the whole cycle will kind of like, like start up again. What are some things if like, you're like, oh, I need a breath. What are some things that like we do or don't do that kind of can help us like come back to work in a better mindset? Yeah, I think it's finding the thing that, energizes you or or recharges you i was just talking to somebody uh, who's a football player going you know recently right before this and uh, some of what we we're talking about is the other things outside of football that energizes him right like and and so it's thinking about that you know for me i, I love being able to go on a, a nice car ride and talk i love being able to see a new place that sometimes it is the change of scenery sometimes it is the change of activity Sometimes it's just enough separation from what you're doing that can allow you to move forward. Now, I think for some people, they need to just sit down. <laughs> they need to just don't do. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of leaders, they're so good at doing that it's hard to, to stop and mm -hmm. carve out that space to just be, to just feel, mm -hmm. just to like look out. And if you can do that, sometimes what I've heard from people I've seen in myself you come back even more energized and, and your ideas are sharper, your your interventions, your perspective is better. Like I'm, you should book me after my vacation. I'm the best therapist in that moment versus like the day before I go on a vacation. There's just a difference of how I show up. And I've seen that where people have new creative ideas, maybe because they sat down or they chilled or they relaxed. An idea can come to your mind that wasn't there because your mind didn't have space for it. How do we do, how do, and this is more for, I think, people who are, for lack of a better term, trapped in a situation. Um, so you're at work and you have 40 hours and you're assigned 60 hours of work. How do you find time to pause and breathe? How do you find time to not, you know, fall into the world of overwhelm and burnout? What, are, what is your advice for people who are in that sort of a situation? Is there any way out from that? Is that just a culture that we have to deal with? Like, what do we do there? 
Yeah, you know, to be honest, sometimes we are trapped. I mean, sometimes you're in a situation where you don't have as much autonomy or agency uh, that you can't determine, you can't decide when you're going to have the day off or when you're going to work. You know, like all those things could be. Or you realize like in order to reach to that next goal, you got to just put in more time and energy and you feel like you're, you can feel stuck and trapped. What I try to I encourage people to do is to, to have those kind of milestones, those landmarks. Okay, when is that going to happen? All right, all right, work, dig in, go for it. But when you get to that landmark, come off the air and do what you need to do to take care of yourself. I, I think that so many times that what people do is they hit that landmark and they already re-up to the next landmark and they don't take that moment. And, and then they're trapped again. And then that just feels like over and over. So I think some of it is being able to recognize if I don't feel like I have a window right now, when is that window going to come? For me, because I uh, because of the way that I work and because I teach, it's often in semesters. When is the end of the semester? When is the mid-semester? I'm thinking about those things. And that's how I try to help other people. When's the season over? When When's the show going down? Like, when, when's the show going to wrap? When, when are you going back up to filming? Like, thinking about those breaks that you might have and using that within the rhythm of your work. Mm. So we have a question from our audience and um, we get them now and again. I figured I would put it up there and, and see what your take is on it. So this is from Jack. Jack is one of our uh, loyal um, uh, Heroic Council viewers. And uh, we appreciate you, Jack. We appreciate you coming here and asking a question. So uh, you can see the question on the screen, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, so for, for the podcast audience who can't see it on screen, it's, do you feel that the world is worse or getting worse in the realm of the isms? Or is it uh, that because of technology and age of inf information, we are just more aware of what was already there? I, I do think that we are more aware of what is already there. I mean, uh, people have been lynched. People have been uh, uh, gone through testing. People have uh, given uh, vasectomies without it being given permission or knowing what's happening to their bodies. People have gone through like horrible things that we learned after the fact because we read a report or we heard something about it versus having a cell phone that can record and put out and put it out there. I think that so there are things that have been going on for centuries, for years of all the isms people who are disabled not really being thought of people not being able to have opportunities people who are of different sexual orientation where they were ostracized so i think these things have happened for a long time and continue to happen i think there is a spotlight that's there right now i do feel like where we've been in the past few years is more divisive than i've seen in a long or, or seen period in my lifetime right it's been a way that i've heard like you can go to a certain part of the country or a certain part of your state or a certain part of your city and you might feel some of that. But to feel like that, that was how the whole country has been operating for a period of time felt, felt just different. And then once again, when you add a pandemic, when you add all the different things, the stressors, the anxiety that people have been feeling this past year plus, I think it brought out, it has brought out the worst in some people. But once again, I've also seen some of the, the best things in people step up or how people have stepped up and express themselves. So I think the majority is that it's we're aware of what's been going on. And I think there is a little bit more uh, there now than probably in a long time. But like anything, his, history repeats. 
That's great. Um, one thing kind of just to kind of hone in on what people are really dealing with right now. I don't know if you saw, but Stanford put out a study about Zoom fatigue and how Zoom fatigue is real. So can you talk to our listeners as we're sitting on screens looking at each other right now? You know, what what can people do about this Zoom fatigue and why do you think this is so so relevant? What's happening? One of the things that I heard early on that made so much sense to me is as I was talking to uh, head of a school, like a principal of a school, and uh, they were just sharing like how some students have really thrived in mm -hmm. the environment. And I was like, really? Because I, I just kept thinking about all the people who haven't. And I think a lot of it can come down to sometimes personality and how people operate. There's some people that go into school or going to work or, or doing whatever that it was commuting, it was traffic, it, it was bullies, it, it was social interactions, and they don't have to do with that. And they're thriving, even though it's, it's virtual. And there's a lot of other people on the other side who they don't have that. They don't have the commute when they used to just relax or listen to sports radio or listen to a podcast or, or, or times at work where they would talk with a colleague or go for like whatever activity. And I think that the people who normally were thriving or in, enjoying those parts are now stuck to a screen. And that's their only or one of few outlets. And of course, that gets boring and overwhelming and uh, in any moment, right? And I think like, so I think that ties to the fatigue where you have uh, a birthday is on Zoom, where you have school is on Zoom, when you have work is on Zoom, when everything is through this one virtual platform or, or virtual platforms, but still virtual, it's a lot. And I think people are just done. I need a timeout. I need a break. And that's why you'll see people like screens are off. They're not really there. They're multitasking. And I think that's all part of what's going on for people. It's understandable. And I think that's why people are trying to find some new ways to deal with what's going on. Definitely. Parshal, did you have one? Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, taking it, it, talking about being on on camera in Zoom, I know we do a lot of networking, but if people also are taking the leap into creating content for themselves right now, and I know in terms of your media coaching and, and what you see is, is working, like, could you share really quick advice or tips in terms of how people can be more confident when they're on camera, um, as most of us are doing that as well, like I said, with making content? Yeah, you know, my first thought was like, you know, make love to the camera, like, you know, like mm. be comfortable in your own skin, right? I think that that's part of what I've learned uh, and continue to learn is like, we all are going to, we might all do it differently, right? And so be confident in who you are or learn to be confident, learn to like stare at yourself, learn to see yourself in the camera, but also learn from the people who are killing it, learn from the people who like, even as I got on this call, I'm like, oh, okay, I need that. I need that. I mean, that's how I even upgraded my system in the first place. I was on a Zoom call. I'm like, why is this person's camera look different than mine? I need that in my life. So, like, don't be ashamed to learn from other people. And if you can, make the change. If it's too expensive, work on it. Get one light, then you build the other light. Then you get the camera. Do whatever you need to do, but grow in it. Just like anything you do in business, develop over time. Last question goes to Tim. Uh, so yeah, this, this question is a little uh, personal for me, but um, you mentioned earlier that like we're in like the most like divisive times and in your lifetime, definitely in my lifetime, as far as I can remember. Um, 
And a lot of people's families are very split along those divisive lines, not even just like extended family, but like within internal family stuff, especially during a pandemic, because prior to the pandemic, it's like you could mostly avoid these conversations, but the pandemic, when you talk about masks and vaccines and stuff like that, and I know for some people in my family in particular, it's become, it's, it's borderline a mental health issue that's been like, what would you say to like for self-care if you're within a family with people you love, but you know what I mean? The divisiveness of these, of the nature of the times is really creating like a lot of emotional and mental baggage. Yeah, Tim, I appreciate that because I do think a lot of people are in that situation. And, and I think that it could not only be people, like you said, in your immediate family, it could be people in your circle. I think that it's being able to know what you can handle. Uh, I, I had these conversations with people even in the past few weeks about the trial that it's important to know, like, can you see the video? Can you hear the witness? Can you hear those things? What will that do to you? And it doesn't mean that you're not for the cause if you have to take a break or if you have to say, no, I can't do that. I think it's the same thing for family. It doesn't mean that I don't love my family member. It just means I know that this might be harmful for our relationship or that we have to find a different way to have this conversation. Or maybe right now, going back to what I said earlier, I, I'm, I haven't had a vacation in a while. I feel already burnt out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm already on edge. Now is not the time for us to have that conversation. And being able to find ways to either put it on pause or exit or do something else. And at the end of the day, sometimes it's just recognizing that you can't control anyone else. You can only take care of yourself. And so that means you could have other people like I, who, who see the world differently than you do. I'll, I'll end with this. I have a client who, who's of Mexican descent who shared about uh, experiences within the family where the, the parents are Republican and, and some of the children are split between Republican and Democrat. And that's fine, but the divisiveness of everything made a separation. And it, it, it just allowed me to realize that people can, can feel and decide whatever they want for whatever reason. But we then have to figure out how much can we handle, how far can we go, and when is the right time? Because if you do it the wrong time, it could really take you out as well as your family member. George, you are always, always, always amazing. Uh, I really appreciate you setting aside the time today to come on and talk with us about all of these different things. We went in a lot of different directions. And as usual, you did not disappoint. You dazzled and were amazing. So for the people that uh, are listening or watching at home and want to know where they can learn more about you, where they can get in touch with you, where they could potentially sign up for a session, where they can hear your smooth, silky voice when you release your podcast, yeah. where should they go to learn more? Oh, you know, Jeff, thank you so much. You, you're making me in love with my voice because of every time you say it. And so I appreciate that. This has been an honor. The best way that people can really stay connected to me uh, is to go to my website, georgetalks.com. Uh, my uh, social media, Twitter and Instagram, the best way is at georgetalks. Uh, that's my handle. And I, I, I'm looking forward to being able to be in a similar position where I, where I launched my podcast really talking about these human moments that we see our leaders, uh, entertainers, athletes, and performers get into. And I, I'm excited about that. And I'm learning a lot from this heroic council here, as well as, you know, my good friend, Jeff. So I, I'm, I feel like I'm almost ready for the major leagues, just being around you guys. I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm almost there. So thank you. Cool. Well, we, uh, 
we are in full support. Um, so I realized at the beginning, I did not uh, give a disclosure, but I am a board member at Council for Relationships. So I just didn't want anybody to think anything weird about that. But I feel like I should add that as a disclosure. I don't know if there's any weirdness about that. I don't think there's any conflict here. We're friends outside of that anyway. So, but I figured I'd put it out there, why not? Um, the last thing we always do on the heroic Council is we always do the, like, what are you into right now? And that's just, so if any of us are like, found something really, really cool, we can share it with the world. So does anybody have anything that they're really into that wants to volunteer themselves? If not, I'm gonna put George on the spot and be like, hey man, what are you into right now? What is George into right now? So- Interested to know. I, I, I will say this, um, two things. <laughs> Paint by numbers. <laughs> Our family, we recently did that. Or just family activities. We did paint by numbers. We just did a poetry night this past uh, weekend. Uh, just doing really cool things with our family, creating memories uh, is really an awesome thing. And I think I finally, uh, like, I, I guess I was a bit the bullet, right? And Jordan, like the whole Peloton craze took me a little bit. So, like, I'm now like in that world. Uh, with my wife and my family and my kids. And so like, we're all, we're all active on it. So that's what I'm into now. Uh, if, to all that. right, tomorrow morning, I'll see you on the Peloton. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> Challenge, my, I'm so productive. That's my, that's my name. You can find oh, me on the awesome. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I haven't said it out loud, but I will today for this. Uh, <laughs> my handle is Tone Beast. There's a whole, <laughs> Claps for that. All Clap right, we'll, we'll, be doing, we'll be doing a ride tomorrow morning. You can catch me and Dr. George. <laughs> awesome. Well, on behalf of the Heroic Council, I just want to extend my thanks to all of you who have listened and tuned in live. And for all of those of you listen after the fact, we love you too. Um, please go and give us a five star rating on iTunes. Just look up Heroic Council. You'll find our big, awesome logo. And uh, we appreciate you coming through. We hope you come through on the next one, Monday, 2 o'clock. Find us right here, same bat channel. Also, go check out our YouTube. I just make cover images for every video. It looks amazing. It looks pretty good. Anyway, thanks for coming in.